Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. This is episode number 50 for July 2016. as always for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast hope you're going to stay with us for the next 48 or so minutes because Salim Raman's here to tell us all that happened at Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference in June Chris White Rachel Sheridan Aaron Milanoff Colin Kenny and Rob Leonard from NCBI are with me to talk all about our new shiny website available at www.ncbi.ie and we meet a lovely guy named Victor who has a very interesting product idea that he is looking for your feedback on. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Now, on last month's edition, we told you about the new NCBI website available at www.ncbi.ie. We'll be talking more about that later on. But we have now updated our entries, our podcast entry in the different uh, podcast directories, including Apple's uh, podcast directory uh, and Zero Tech. And I believe we're held or we're we're carried rather on other directories as well that feed from um, the Apple listing. So hopefully by now, most people have reconnected with our RSS feed. If for some reason you haven't, or you know someone who hasn't, please give them the address http colon slash slash www.ncbi.ie forward slash category forward slash technology podcast forward slash feed. That's what you need to put into your podcatcher of choice if you wish to subscribe to the feed. Or of course, you can find us on those podcast directories. We are back there and very glad to be so. And thank you to a number of people who emailed us uh, in June kind of saying, where's the podcast? And uh, we managed to get everybody connected. So I hope everybody's managed to find us and is back listening. And thank you to uh, quite a number of people who emailed me very worried that our podcast had gone for good. Now, on July 22nd, that's a Friday, we're very excited to be welcoming Freedom Scientific back to NCBI. We did this in 2014. It was hugely successful. Eric Dammer, Vice President of Product Software Product Management uh, with uh, Freedom Scientific as part of the VFO Group will be back in NCBI on the 22nd of July. And, you know, it's a presentation. It'll be a chance to find out about new features in JAWS 18, which will be released later this year. But it's also a chance, and this is probably the most exciting bit, for you to get your hands on some Freedom Scientific software and hardware at some amazing prices. And just let's give you a sense of that because you can pick up a copy of JAWS Home Edition for €130. And uh, we've been putting this price out for the last few days and people have been contacting me to say, is there a typo? There's no typo. It's €130 on that day only and only if you attend the event for JAWS Home Edition. Similar pricing will be available for Magic Screen Magnification and any Freedom Scientific hardware purchased on the day will have a 20% discount to the price. Now, the event will take place at our headquarters on Whitworth Road in our training centre at the back of our main building, kicking off at 11 o'clock on the morning of Friday, July 22nd. You'll get a chance, as I say, to hear all about what's new with Freedom Scientific in particular 
JAWS, Magic, some of the new Freedom Scientific hardware, including the Ruby HD 7-inch magnifier and the L Braille, this new portable device running Windows 10 with JAWS and the Focus 14 Blue Braille display. Um, if you'd like to attend this event, please give me a shout at NCBI 01830 and I'd be very happy to register you. We expect a large crowd and, of course, you will be able, as we said a moment ago, on the day to purchase those uh, Freedom Scientific software packages, JAWS, for €130 Euros and similar pricing for Magic. So we're very excited about that on Friday, the 22nd of July. Uh, make sure you get in touch with me if you'd like to attend. As always, comments, suggestions and feedback about our technology podcast are more than welcome. And remember that all-important address if you want to get in touch, Technology Podcast at ncbi.ie June of this year brought uh, one of the exciting uh, dates in uh, Apple's calendar and indeed in tech people's calendar. That's WWDC, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. And somebody who was watching that for us is our Apple tech guru, not just Apple guru, our tech guru, Salim Rahman. Delighted to have you back, Salim. Welcome back. Thanks very much, Stuart. I'm glad to be back. Uh, good, to, good to have you. I, I didn't watch WWDC this year. I and I, I'm not sure why I was away somewhere. I was out, mm -hmm. but I didn't. Usually I'd be going back to my Apple TV and, you know, um, replaying it. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of, I don't know, was it just me? There didn't seem to be as much on Twitter about it or people weren't talking as excitedly about it. Maybe the launch of mm -hmm. the iPhones are more exciting, are they? I think so. Yeah, this this year, like I think it's just becoming a, a software year. You know, you just yeah. find the updates. You know, the iPhone, uh, a watch, and then TV always. I read an article that said, uh, yeah, I called it that the year of the software. It's the software, exactly. So, yes, uh, definitely. Well, we have a few things that that certainly came up that are going to be interesting. Um, I don't have the the first few uh, here relate to the Apple Watch. I don't have an Apple Watch, um, mm. but I don't as well. But I can, you know, they're welcoming. Uh, so welcoming welcoming features, so it's going to be it's going to be faster in general. Exactly. Big, so big that's, they said that's going to be uh, launching very fast, seven times faster than the uh, OS two at oh the God. moment. So seven times, and and that's without upgrading the hardware. That's just exactly awesome. that's uh, without uh, upgrading the hard okay, hardware. If, if, yeah. If you're so if you're listening and you have an Apple Watch, uh, well worth doing that. Yeah, uh, you can swipe through apps without opening them and view critical data in real time. I presume that's related to health stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's just going to be, you know, you can see the health data more easily. More okay. easily too, yeah. And the watch is also going to have a control center, uh, you know, presumably similar to the iPhone. You can do all these kind of things. Exactly, yeah. Um, the one, Salim, that I was probably most interested in is that Watch 3... Is going to vi feature is going to uh, include an um, an SOS feature. You hold in the button on the side of the watch. It will call the emergency services and people in your contacts that you have identified as next of kin. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, you hold this, um, the, you know, the button down, and it counts down. Counts down. Uh, I think it must be five or ten seconds, mm -hmm. and then it rings the emergency service. And, and the good thing about this is actually it's going to work everywhere. So if you're in the US, it's it's going to know that okay, this per it needs it needs to ring. Nine one one is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Ireland, it's it's triple nine. nine. Yeah, yeah. That, but but that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, for, it for is. If something did happen, or you exactly. were just you know you couldn't get your phone out of your pocket, you became incapacitated. That you can hold yeah. in this button, and it will do the rest for you. And it, exactly. it will also call your friends. Exactly. So they get you know if you write the the information down, you know everything about yourself. Yeah. Uh, you might have allergy issues. You might have some other yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. stuff. 
and it'll actually send a message to them and it will display that uh, t- I think on the phone and on the app I think as yeah. well so you can on the, sorry, the, the watch on the watch as well yeah yeah okay now so Apple, definitely Apple Watch if you have an Apple Watch um, that update will be worth getting definitely um, yeah. Apple TV Salim is getting a, a software update and we both have Apple TVs uh, I, yeah I couldn't live uh, without my Apple TV exactly yeah no it's uh, it's getting a, a very uh, like it's 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 getting better and better by the year I think you know um, and they have an app now uh, that you can use it's all I think it's a new version of it on the uh, iOS yeah, the remote app on iOS remote, has yes, been yes. Uh, redesigned. Siri, although we don't get Siri here in Ireland on the Apple TV. Yeah, we, do, do so much gonna, is it going to come to us? Where are we going to get that? I yeah. hope so. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because it'll be very it's useful. Siri is going to be smarter, so you'll be able to search for particular programs. So, you know, maybe nature programs or, or whatever it is you want. Exactly, yeah. So it's going to be more smarter. You know, just if you say nature, it's, it's going to find stuff in nature. Um, I think Apple are really wanting to push that whole Apple TV, aren't they? The, the, you know, there, the, yeah. The, um, and more. there are a lot of folks on the gaming gaming side as well, so I'm not sure if it's a good idea, but I think it is, you know, if they want to. So if you're a Mac aficionado, and you, I know you are, I never quite got into the Mac, um, Mac, the ne- next version of Mac OS is going to be called Sierra. That's correct, yeah. And it's not going to be called, not, they changed the name, it's, it's, instead of the Mac OS X, this guy's just called Mac OS. Yeah, so in line with no, the other no so. numbers anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you'll be able to unlock your Mac, Salim, with your Apple Watch. That's yeah, so cool. this is like, um, you know, that, uh, yeah, exactly. So you'll be able to unlock, you know, it's going to know that, you know, obviously you do the pairing stuff and it's going to know that it's going to, you know, you're wearing the Apple Watch and you go near your Mac, it's going to unlock it for you. Okay. Um, that way. So it's going to know that's going to be you. Yeah iCloud is going to be shared across devices and specifically the clipboard. So if you copy something on your Mac to the clipboard, my understanding is you can paste on the iPad? You can, yeah. Um, and the, I think you can do it, the, no, it's, I think it's the other way around, but I, I wasn't sure too much if you could do it from the Mac to the iOS, but I, I, I presume you can, you know, it's going to work. So if you copy something from your Mac uh, to your clipboard, you can paste it in your iPad, iPhone as well, and vice versa as well. Series also coming to the Mac. I think that's one that, you know, I suppose it's probably been meant to happen for a while, is it? It's been hanging around uh, there. Yeah, I think it's here for a while. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a good welcoming uh, thing again because it's going to be much easier for us. You know, it's much mainstream. So you can search stuff. You can uh, do the, the things that you can do on your uh, iPhone. How, how, how are Mac updates, or rather Mac upgrades in terms of software updates, going to work in terms of the hardware? If, you, if you're, mm. how, how old can you upgrade from, do you think? Um, if you have a um, a Mac that is 2010 onwards, uh, then you're you're good to go. Okay. Uh, if if it's a Mac from 2009, which I have, a MacBook Pro, uh, which is not supported, <laughs> which I got a bit annoyed with that. You yeah, have to go and buy a new one now. There's your excuse. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have to see about that, but we have to see the budget. But I I don't think so. Not for a couple of months. You'll be the you'll be the first one at the Apple Store on the. the I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's look at iOS because that's probably the one yeah. that most people are interested in. If you have an iPhone, here's some of the things you can do. And I think Salim and myself are quite excited about some of this. So yes. the, yeah. the lock screen, now I'm not, I'm not fully clear on this, but I know um, because you saw the, the, the presentation, but you mm. can unlock, am I correct in saying when you raise the phone now, you can unlock it? Exactly, yeah. If you raise it to near to your phone, uh, your face rather, uh, you can unlock it. It, it, sorry, it unlocks. So it goes to your, your um, lock screen. Like it doesn't go to your, you know, your main screen. It goes to your lock screen, and whatever, you know, the reason I think they brought brought up this thing 
uh, was because you know the way you press your home button and it goes straight you miss all your notifications yes yeah exactly so th- they have a solution to this which is obviously raised to uh, wake okay so raised to wake and then you can mm. view the notifications on the lock screen yeah before and if you, you, actually if, you, lock if, you if you get a message uh, you can actually uh, chat away to where you get a message from it oh. doesn't it doesn't kick you out into your messages okay Just, without unlocking exactly yeah so that kind of quick reply idea is it Quick reply, and you can even have a, a proper conversation as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, messages in itself, we must mention messages there, is getting yes. a big overhaul, um, load of n- load of new emojis. They're talking yes. about pictures <laughs> and handwriting and, and stuff that you and I mightn't find. Well, maybe you might find some way exciting. Um, yeah, but I think you might find it exciting. You know, you can send media now, you know, proper media playing in, into, um, in the messages. You know, if you get a YouTube link, yeah, you can play the, the video right in your messages. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to kick you out to YouTube. Right, I think when we do our double our uh, iOS ten review in October, Salim, I think we might try to actually demo that live. And, yeah, and, that and see, might because that would be good to to show that to people. Yeah. Um, now there was something that you explained to me off air before we started recording this. I was reading about invisible messages. So there's <laughs> a new feature that you can get an invisible message and it won't show till you open. And I didn't understand how, yeah. how this would work, but you explained it to me. Uh, yeah, so basically, I think it's it's the the idea is if you get a, I think it's going to be like a symbol shows up on your uh, on your message, message, uh, and you just tap on that. I think you basically, I think this is the way it works now. I never tested this, but I think this is so you just click it, like tap onto it, and then and it obviously opens it up. It could be a heart or something like that, you know, it could be some some something uh, better than that, but it could be a heart or something, whatever message they want to put into it. It could be a birthday message even. You know, okay, and it'll just open when you yeah. when when it's when when you activate it. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I think that's how okay. this is gonna work. Yeah, uh, the Apple Maps app is being improved. It's going to be smarter and will offer you better uh, suggestions and search based on your location. So I suppose exactly, th- yeah. they're just adding to, and maybe that's because I think certainly some conversations I've had with people, mm-hmm. they've been kind of saying, oh, the Google Maps app on iOS is more reliable than the Apple Maps. I haven't used Google Maps, so I don't know. Um, yeah, no, so I, I usually use Google Maps. Yeah, um, so I suppose Apple, Apple are probably aware of that, you know? Yeah, I think so, they need to. And QuickType, which is the feature in Messages in iOS 9, I think it's in 8 as well, mm. uh, that allows you to, that sort of tries to predict, and it, yes. it does a good job of it, actually. What you're trying to say isn't going to be even better because it it's will... It's going to be better, yeah. It will be able to. The example that I read about was that if I was going to meet you, Salim, and I said, where do you want to meet for something to eat? And I'd been looking at a restaurant earlier on Maps, it will put that restaurant in as a suggestion. A suggestion, yeah. So it's keep proactiveness, you know, keeps looking at what, what you're doing. So, yeah, um, it's very smart, though, isn't it? That, that, like, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I think yeah. a lot of this is they want to try to get, I suppose, people... You know, it's all about time savers, isn't it? Yes, Efficiency, definitely. Efficiency, yeah. time savers, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, Siri is getting an overhaul. A lot of people would say about time. Are, are you a big Siri? Because I don't use it a lot. Do you, do you use Siri? Um, I don't use Siri as much. I, I use it to open some apps, uh, but I use it usually for stocks or funny the weather. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So open something. I mean, I, I know somebody was, I, I, I saw one recently, somebody saying to Siri, where am I? It just tells you where you are. Handy little feature, yeah, you know. But the, the good thing about this one is like, it's, they're going to open the API, right? So you, you could have an app, you know, a restaurant app or um, say, for example, the restaurant app and you can say, you know, book me a table for two people, blah, blah. It's, it's going to be integrated now. Siri is going to be integrated and it's going to work with that, you know. So it doesn't only work with Apple stuff. Now it's going to be working with third-party apps. 
okay. which is actually very good. I think it's going to really be really interesting what what they're going to do with it. You know. The phone app is going to be overhauled. Uh, two yeah. things that sort of jumped out at me here. One of them is called voicemail transcription. Don't know if that's going to work in this part of the world. Um, I'm not sure about that one as well. I, I have I'm to not say, sure. Yeah. I'm really, I'd be a bit dubious about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, supposedly your voicemails can be transcribed into text and sent to you as a text message. Mm-hmm. But the second one, Salim, that probably for you and I and lots of people yep. might be more interesting is the phone app um, is they're going to open up the API, the application yep. program interface, and basically other applications like Skype can use the phone app. Exactly. So it's, a, it's more mainstream line, you know, you can, you're recent. So you talk to, uh, at the moment you're talking to me now, that's going to be showing up on my, uh, in my phone app. And it's going to say, you talked to Stuart. Exactly. Recently, blah. So it's more mainstream. It's like, a bit like FaceTime, isn't it? The way that FaceTime yeah, calls exactly, come into the phone. Yeah. And, and I presume then if, if let's say, so that Skype idea, for example, we're talking on Skype now. Mm-hmm. If I tomorrow went to call you from the phone app and double tapped that, that call on the log, would it call, you back on Skype, I suppose it probably. I think it will because yeah. um, it's it's going to say you know call from Stuart and it's going to probably say the name of the app that yeah. was used Skype yeah. or whatever WhatsApp. I think that's going to be really interesting WhatsApp as well and all these avoid uh, apps. It's going to be and image recognition. So oh, that's, this is yeah, going to be that's, very interesting for us. Yeah, it is. So you could uh, you could tell um, even actually you can tell Siri now to say you know find me uh, you know find me the images that has um, trees or. Um, so it's going to be object recognition stuff, you know, tables or... Is this a bit of... like what Facebook have done with their artificial intelligence stuff? Yeah, similar enough, I think. But this is going to be more like, you know, more more type, more like, you know, you can say, show me pictures of, and you can, I think you can tell the name of the person. But how is it? Right. I, I think that's another one we're going to demo yeah. when we do our panel discussion, because I think that the, some of these things are, are quite new and quite exciting. Yeah, I think so. It's for us, like, even, you know. Now, Salim, there's some accessibility changes that uh, you're going to tell us about. Yeah, so uh, in uh, iOS 10, we're going to have a a dictionary now to add words to, you know, pronunciation dictionary. This is probably something that we've been, certainly people have been waiting for for a long time, haven't they? Yeah, I think it's about time we got got it now, you know. Um, Lots of people are talking about it, which is is good. And uh, on the other uh, side, let me go to the, uh, you know, the... The watch as well. They're gonna have haptic feedback. You know the time, so it vibrates the time for you. Oh wow! So you're in a meeting. You're like, I don't want to hear that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the voice. Saying, yep. Oh, it's ten o'clock, and it's just gonna vibrate the time for you. you know, so whatever it is, it's ten, uh, and it's gonna do. I think ten vibrations. Wow, very good. I never want to kind of demo again. And uh, okay, yeah, definitely want to mm-hmm. demo. I, I and I suppose what it does kind of bring home again because we've talked about it on this podcast before is Apple's ongoing commitment to accessibility. Definitely, yes. That, yeah. You know, they are interested, and I know, some oh, people, they are. You, yeah. know you, you read your articles, people say they're not, that they, they are interested and they are pushing out the accessibility thing all the time. Exactly, yeah. It, it's going to be an exciting upgrade, I think. And yeah. my understanding is that devices, anyone who has an iPhone 5 onwards will be yeah. able to upgrade. Exactly. Um, whether you should or not, I guess, is another thing. And it's, we, we, thing, we just yeah. can't say that, I suppose. No, we can't really. Because, <laughs> you know, the iPhone 5 hardware is a bit... Uh, outdated you know so hard to know exactly (laughs) let's talk a little bit about public betas because as people are listening to this at the beginning of july very soon the iphone uh, the ios public beta is going to come out that means anybody who wants can test ios 10 before it gets released but bear in mind you know it's probably not going to be released till october so you're going to have three months of beta testing and I did this last year, Salim, and I know you did, yeah. and and I think we both had had pretty okay results. But you mm. do need to be bear in mind that it's that it is test software, don't you? 
it is test software, you know, and, and be prepared for stuff to kind of, you know, crash and stuff like that. You will have, so it's not going to be perfect, you know. Um, if you want to, you know, test it, yeah, no problem. But, you know, there's a, a warning, you know, that it's going to be, you can't really go back, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. If you go for this, it is difficult mm. to go back um, and certainly to get everything back the way it was. The, water, the way it was, exactly. And yeah. I suppose the second thing is, you know, I'm a... I'm a bit of a, a techie. I don't mind things being a bit funny. I don't think you do mm-hmm. either. But for sure. if, if, if you're not and if you rely heavily on your iPhone, if it's your only device, I do yeah. not advise doing it. Exactly. I agree with that, yeah. So uh, stick with iOS 9. You'll be able to get the update in October. But if you are interested in public beta, um, you will be able to register for that. And it is free. Yeah. And it, it all, it's all very seamless. It'll update automatically on your phone. And it's, it's very straightforward. It is, yeah. Exactly. So are you going uh, to be diving into the public beta? Uh, I think so. Um, around the second or third beta of mm, probably of the probably beta. same as myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. give it a, give it a few weeks to let all the all the bugs get ironed out. Or, or some <laughs> exactly. Of them anyway. And then because uh, this is the only device I have, you know. So yeah, and I know. I mean, when I did it last year, I certainly found it very interesting to see all the changes coming in iOS nine, mm-hmm. and to see it kind of grow a little bit as I was using the beta. And you definitely could see little tweaks and little differences as you upgraded each time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So much so that when iOS nine came out in October, September, whenever it was, mm. I, I was just almost going, yeah, sure, so what? I've had it so for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wasn't exactly that exciting for me. me. Like, I'm not excited anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Salim, brilliant. I mean, I think we, we've a, a lot of exciting things to look forward to exactly, right across yeah. the Apple product range, Apple Watch, Apple TV, uh, mm-hmm. Mac, and of course, iOS, and lots of things over the next few months. We'll be back with a panel of, of gurus in October to talk about that. Yeah, I think we need, definitely we need the panel definitely. We need the panel. And hopefully back with you in August with a tech tip. Tech tip, exactly, yeah. Love um, stuff. Definitely. We're looking forward to tech tips. Salim, okay. thanks a mil, and chat no to you in no. August. Thank you very much, Stuart. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for July 2016. My name is Stuart Lawler. Thank you, as always, for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. And a quick reminder, of course, if you have feedback or you'd like to get in touch, that all-important email address is technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. We do love to hear from you. Now, we've recently launched our new NCBI website. I mentioned this on the last edition. We've been talking about our new RSS feed. And the new website has been gaining a lot of interest from members of the public and NCBI service users. They're all interested to find out what's changed. Well, rather than me telling you all about it, I thought it would be much more interesting to talk to some of the great people in NCBI who've been behind this project since we started in January. And I suppose the man who drove it and the man who said, let's build a new website, is our CEO, Chris White. I started by catching up with Chris and I asked him, what exactly happened? Was it Chris who just decided, let's do this? It wasn't just me. I think I, I did look at it and I thought um, it was less of an information, uh, it was less of a directional tool and was more like a Wikipedia of sight loss in Ireland. It had realm, reams and reams of information that were all useful, powerful, but clearly weren't being accessed. And I think we were trying to do too much and trying to serve too many people and tell them everything about anything to do with sight loss. So clearly what's there now is, is, is very different and people will see that when they visit. Some people may have visited already. What's there now? What, what can people find? Well, I think what people can find is, um, well, first of all, what is there is more easily found, for one. Uh, two, 
uh, it's accessible in HTML5, so it's available on the tablet and your phone and on uh, on the web screen, on the computer screen. Um, and it has, uh, we've slimmed it down, so it has still information about rehabilitation, about training, about counselling, about everything we do in terms of services, which is its primary purpose. It has a little bit of information about foundation and fundraising, a little bit of information about retail, and then a bit more information about how who we are, how we're governed, mm -hmm. which in light of recent um, issues with other charities is important, and a transparency issue about how you can get hold of our board papers and our uh, and our annual report and our finances. This idea of it being compatible across different devices was obviously important to you because nowadays so many people are are using a whole a whole range of different devices to browse to browse the internet, aren't they? That, and you're, you're so right, Stuart. I mean, we looked at the, the Google Analytics about who was accessing and, and what type of medium they were using to access the website and and use of the of the of mobile phones, smartphones, and tablets was increasing at a rapid rate, and it just wasn't easy to read on those devices. Okay, Chris, I'm sure you're interested to hear, I, I mean, I, I suppose when you when you develop a website, it's like maybe building a house or doing renovations to a house. It's never quite complete. There'll be ongoing work. But I'm sure you'd like to hear people's feedback or people's comments on, on what's what's happening with the web. I think, you know, it's a journey, not a destination, Stuart. You're right. Um, delighted. We fundamentally need to build anything that we're doing in NCBI on the basis of what people want. There's no point in us sitting up here in Whitworth Road delivering a service that we think people want if we don't know what people want. So we need to know what people think. And the more feedback we get, the better we can uh, we provide the service. Okay, brilliant. So get in touch. Lots of ways to do that, of course. And uh, we love to hear from you. Chris, thanks for taking the time today. Perfect. Thanks, Stuart. Rachel Sheridan is working in our communications department and is a key person, certainly on the day-to-day -day administration of the NCBI website. Rachel, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. Nice Stuart. to have you. Haven't had you on before. No, first time. Um, tell us if, just maybe first of all about your involvement with the development of the new NCBI website. So I suppose my involvement really was kind of content management so I would everyone there was content champions for certain aspects of the website and people would send me what they wanted and then I would edit it down if it was a little bit longer than we wanted because that was one of the things that we did want to do originally was to have it less con less content as more of a signpost so people knew who to contact if they had a problem so it was really just content management and then helping with finding pictures and teach it I suppose introducing people within the organization to the website it must be an interesting role because when you have people who are you've obviously lots of content champions writing different pieces of content then you've got to try to put it all in the same kind of style is that what you were doing as well yeah I suppose actually that's really it you're trying to get it into one voice and make it sound like it was all written by the same person so that was a big task um, but I think like every you needed to get the information for everyone else because they knew what they were doing and then just putting one voice on it across the website which hopefully we've done <laughs> okay on a day-to-day on -day basis then you're probably the person who's engaging with the website the most in that you're managing not only the website but the the social media channels that we use twitter and facebook that's all linked now isn't it yes so i help to manage facebook page our twitter page our linkedin page and now obviously our news page on the new website so i would be involved in making sure that all of them are kept up to date and that everything is posted across all three 
mediums, which can be difficult. Okay. But I think I'm doing it well. I know you're very keen as well to sort of have, if there are people, because ultimately, and as, as Chris said earlier, this the website is about what people want, what our service users want. If there are events, if there are things coming up, you want to know about them so you can publicise them, isn't it? Right? Yeah, definitely, because I'm based up here in Dublin, so there's always stuff happening around the country that I just don't know about because I'm not there. So I would love if there are events happening around the country, if you email me, it's rachel.sheridan at ncbi.ie and that's R-A-C-H-E-L. I would be happy. Anything if you want me to put it up across the social media platforms, I would be happy to do so. All right, Rachel, well done. It's a great job and uh, all the best with your ongoing work on the NCBI website. Thank you, Stuart. Somebody who's been involved in the new NCBI website pretty much from the start is one of our IT gurus in NCBI, Rob Leonard. Rob, you're welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Um, Because one of the things you were involved in was migrating or moving a lot of the old content um, to the new website. And this was, I suppose, in particular in relation to our online shop. What was that process like? Um, I was a little bit repetitive, but I have to say I enjoyed it story very much. I, I, it's a lot of kind of, uh, I should say, we copied a lot of the content from the old website. It's a lot of kind of copy and paste, you know, control C, control V, sharing shortcuts, sorry, you know, and a bit of uh, control Z as well for the old mistake there here and there. But uh, When you're copying, when you're, when you're doing this sort of stuff, Rob, I know one of the things you were also heavily involved with was putting photographs. Our, our new online shop, there's loads of photographs. You can see the, the different product images. You had to put alt text on all these. That stuff is important, isn't it? It is, yeah. it's important in case the image doesn't show up. You want to make sure the website is actually working. So, because the, the images are all saved onto well, at, at the moment they're all on a web shop and they're ultimately on, pro- published onto the, uh, the new website as well. So, uh, that's important to have the alt text there, right, Stuart? Yeah. Well, Rob, I know you're going to be continuing to work on this project. There's lots more photographs to do, and uh, sounds like you're the man for the job. So, thanks again for giving us your 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 story, I suppose, about the NCBI website and the part you've played in it. Well, thanks very much, Stuart. Anyway. It's been great working on it so far, and anyway, hopefully I'll continue on for the next. Hopefully not too long. We're only going to open up, 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 up fully finished still enough, but hopefully we'll get it done as quick as we can. Anyway, so for the the NCBI users and service users out there around the country, anyway, so. Brilliant, Rob. Thanks a million. No bother. Thanks, Stuart. One of the people with key responsibility for the new NCBI website is Aaron Milanoff. Aaron joins me. Erin, uh, I suppose we could call you the uh, the content gatherer and coordinator. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that okay? Uh, thanks very much, Stu. And thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I was, um, I suppose, a project manager of um, the new NCBI website, which we decided to overhaul um, late last year. And I suppose the rationale for for overhauling probably came down to the fact that our website wasn't that accessible either on iPad or on phone. And then we had got a lot of feedback from um, our users and visitors to the site to say that, you know what, there was too much on screen. Um, We want more information which is timely and relevant to us. Um, We want increased use of audio and the different snippets. And um, we want to know about what services and supports are available to us in our own region. So that's why we are where we are. And um, uh, I think within the last six weeks, we've launched um, the new NCBI website, um, which is much more, um, how would I put this, structured um, and streamlined. So instead of being traditionally about eight clicks out from getting to what you wanted to get to, you're about three clicks or less. So there's less, there's less links, there's less clutter, I suppose, would that be fair to say? There's less, just to give you an idea, um, last year we would have had 633 different pages 
on the site so it was i mean it's almost becoming a repository of information not that it was bad information it was all very very good information but we were very much in danger of putting everything up there and not proactively managing it so now we're down to just under 100 which is probably still <laughs> too many for my liking um but i mean the information as i said it's more relevant and um it's what people have actually asked for you used the term uh with me before content champions and i know you were the person who was kind of getting us all excited and motivated around the organization to write content and to get involved what was that what was that like for you um, well, I mean, as a project manager, I don't know it all. So there are different staff members um, working in different aspects of the organization and different parts of the country who are, I suppose, better um, uh, positioned um, to write the content that we needed. Now, we wanted new content, new content, uh, content which was fresh, um, front content which was much shorter, uh, a lot more concise. So that meant, um, I suppose, identifying maybe 10, 12 different people. And you yourself, Stuart, you were um, content champion for a technology page um, to write this content for us. And it actually worked um, really, really well, although there was some hesitancy at the start. Um, it all came back and it was all good in the end. So what's up there is belong to the people who work in the relevant areas and who know those areas best okay and and the the, the content champions they're still kind of working away aren't they they're, 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 st they're still working away um the way i look at it is that the website is very much um a framework or a skeleton and it's up for the individual staff um members then to flesh out that skeleton with the relevant inf information um, um which should be there all right, Aaron, thank you so much for giving us your time. Well done. It's a great, uh, I know a lot of people have been quite excited about the new website because it's a very different look. And uh, well done on all your hard work and hope to speak to you soon. Thanks very much, Stuart. Thanks for having me on. Now, Colin Kenny is a voice well known in NCBI. If you ring for tech support, you've no doubt spoken to Colin before. Colin's been a key person in the new NCBI website. Colin, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks very much, Stuart. Good to have you back. So you were you looked after the, the, the technical end, I suppose, of, of just getting this thing online and maybe first of all we're using a different uh, content management system aren't we yeah we've, we've got moved from Drupal over to, to WordPress so is, is does that give more sort of flexibility does it what was the why do we make that move um, yeah I mean it allows us to do a lot more things than than Drupal did not that Drupal wouldn't allow you to do it it was just it was a more complex procedure to add um, new features to the website whereas with WordPress we can just find any sort of plugin that's going to work for us, test it, make sure it's working, and then just push it straight away. And you've been already doing that, haven't you? Because you've been adding some, we have some, some new functionality for linking our social media channels. Yeah, we've added some share sort of buttons uh, just to the bottom of posts, see how it goes. Um, we're looking at maybe pushing posts directly to to our social media to just to, to get the word out a bit quicker, sort of stop duplication of work of doing up a post and then going back to Facebook and putting it up again. One of the things that uh, we, when we spoke with Chris White earlier, he was talking about the website being the importance of being able to view the website on a mobile device or on a tablet or on your computer. That's, are, are you noticing more people are browsing on, on, on a range of devices? There, there were a lot of uh, mobile users on the old site. Um, we were a bit behind the times. The, 
I think the original that last site was probably about five six years old and we just we we didn't have it sort of mobile sort of friendly the new one is so I mean the numbers are about the same on visits it's just we've noticed that those mobile visitors are staying longer so they're, they're getting more use out of it okay hopefully they're all visiting the podcast page as well of course <laughs> okay Colin thanks Emil and well done and a great job cheers thanks to you well thanks to Chris Rachel Rob Aaron and Colin there for giving me their time it's really interesting isn't it to hear different people's perspective of the website and the different pieces of work that people did to make this website happen if you've comments or suggestions uh, you know everybody's very anxious to hear what people think about this website and as Chris said earlier on you know the website is about what you as users want so get in touch info at ncbi.ie is always a good address if you want to get to us as quickly as possible and we're very happy to receive any comments about the new NCBI website You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast. I'm not in studio, I'm in NCBI and delighted to be catching up with a gentleman named Victor Aguilar, who's from Ecuador and who's come in with a really interesting project idea. He's been meeting some service users in NCBI today and we thought it would be very interesting to have a quick chat for the podcast. Victor, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for having me here. Very nice to have you. How long have you been in Ireland, by the way? Well, eight years already. So and I got my Irish citizenship last year. So I'm Irish too. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank That's you absolutely fantastic. So I guess that was in itself a big day, was it? Yeah, it was a big day. I really love this country. So that's the reason I'm here. I came here uh, to study a postgraduate in advertising. And then after that, I decided to stay. And I, I really enjoyed this country. It's lovely, beautiful. So thank you for coming in today. You've been talking to some of our service users here at our Rehabilitation Training Centre about something that personally I find very interesting because you've arrived in here with an idea for a project. Before you've even started the project, you've been engaging with its potential users, which has to be highly commended. What are you what are you proposing to do? Give us the background to what you do. Well, mainly uh, this is a project uh, which is involves the the European community. So uh, we had to go to Greece two weeks ago. We had to team up with people that we never see before, never saw, never saw before. Um, these people uh, all had different ideas. Do they wanted to to kind of like a build a business or something like that? But there was a specific idea regarding visual impaired people, and I was committed to working this project because I really like the this this kind of project which you have to design something new or improve something that already exists. So after after we pick the final idea, which is develop a assistive technology device for visual impaired people. Uh, we are working into the research right now, which is getting as much information about any issues that in daily basis visual impaired people can find. And we 
we and saying we is because it's not just me it's six four more five more people uh, two from spain two from germany and two from ireland which is my myself included uh, we are researching about uh, all these issues of problem that visual impairment can face um, we are meeting different organizations in every country and so that's mainly what we're doing is like we want to design uh, improve the quality of life of visually impaired people okay so, so so when you when we when we talk about issues and problems because you know there are many yes how how did you kind of narrow that down or what, what issues and problems specifically might you be looking at so at the moment uh, we have something uh we narrow it in, we, we narrow it in three specific areas uh, the first one is uh, issues with the white cane another one is issues with the head when visually impaired people are walking on the street and they always have issues like a heat in their head and another thing is the fact of communication when you have a problem when you are walking on the street and you have an accident and you can't say or you can send any message or anything to your family members or the emergency bodies so is mainly these are three factors we wanted to work at the moment. The the issue of the head height objects. It, yeah. Let's just take that one for a minute because that that jumps out at me. And when you mentioned it earlier today, it certainly jumped out at me. I think we've all certainly as totally blind people and people who may be listening to this podcast have experienced at some point. You know, you hit the wing mirror of a truck or there's something parked on the pavement, or you know, we've all done it. You just walk into a pole because you're not concentrating. How are you proposing to maybe trigger something that might warn someone about this? Yeah, we are working into sensors, which these sensors, uh, the strategic point right now could be something placed in, in your neck, like a necklace, or also could be something placed into, your, into the white cane, a sensor that could cover up to three meters distance in the top part from your waist to your head. So we're working into these sensors and we think that uh, that could be very useful to implement the sensor system in order to avoid these problems. And also another thing was like in the neck, is the necklace which this sensor also would prevent you to hit your head or to fall if there is a hole or whatever on the streets so you will receive uh, vibrations indications into your hands saying that something is very close that you have to avoid um, another thing is that we think we were thinking to in a cap maybe in the cap implement sensors there but probably is uh, it's too much uh, wearing a cap all the time uh, that's the reason I'm here and asking people uh, what they th feel what they think about these ideas and I think I got very good uh, uh, feedback at the moment what, one of the one of the things Victor with some of these devices that exist already because some of them do exist already mm -hmm. is that the canes that have electronic technology or mechanisms built into them tend to be a little bulky but probably more significantly tend to be quite heavy so you're using them and your hand is moving the cane and it's it's quite a 
a large bulky object at the top of the cane to move. Is this something you've you've come up against? Have you had feedback around this? Yes, we were. Uh, I was right now. I was talking with with this bunch of people, which were very 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 helpful. Uh, Yes, there is uh, so many devices in the market which they are too bulky, they are too heavy, and there is something that I am having in consideration for the design, for the development of this design. So we are going to use a technology which is very light, is a micro technology which is probably already existing but it's very expensive and that's what we don't want. We don't want to design something that is expensive or and also useless. Uh, I'm focusing in the design part of this project which is on me right now to select the right materials and the right uh, component for this design so I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be in the right direction after this meeting which is was very helpful. One of the things people often talk about with technology is combining their technology so that as much as possible gets processed through a device and the obvious one is probably the mobile phone. <laughs> most of us now are carrying a phone with us and most of us are probably carrying smartphones. Are there ways that your mobile phone, your, your current, people's current mobile phones can help to engage with some of the technology you're trying to design? Yes. Uh, the cane, in the case of the cane, uh, the sensor uh, will tell you obviously if there is an obstacle or something like that but also the cane will have a button which is going to send a text to any of your family members or any emergency body like an ambulance or the police if there is any issues so these messages will be received by your family members and straight away once you press the button so the message is going to tell your family members where you are what and they will be able to locate you easily so this is in we are thinking also in an app which is will be connected with this on this uh, device so it's kind of like a into a bit complicated so many things but I'm thinking to do it in in the very easy way to to be the, the user can use it very easy you're at a, a stage now where you're just getting thoughts of users. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it at the start. I think it's a really good strategy that you've that you have decided to employ. If there's people listening to this podcast, and you know, given that right now we're at the mapping stage for a product for a potential product like this that you're going to be developing over the next couple of months, are there ways that they can get in touch with you to give comments or to 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 maybe give ideas? Yes, uh, here Sharon has my email in in NC in this organization. So. Uh, whatever is you have any comments or you have any issues for even with the simple things that you think uh, and I don't want to say because probably it's too silly or too stupid to say but uh, probably that could be for you but there will be many other people which those silly ideas could be very uh, useful so whatever you have to say whatever you think is going to help to develop this project uh, I will be very helpful I have my email so I can say it. also my email Please, is, yeah. is I'm going to spell it because it's a bit long with my name my surname is B-I-C-K-O A-G-U-I-L-A-R G at gmail dot com so uh, I can repeat it again. So B I C K O A G U I L A R G at gmail.com. 
So any comments, anything that you, you have in mind about to improve any any advice that you already have, it will it will be very welcome to receive that feedback. All right, and we'll put uh, Victor's email address on the show notes for this podcast episode, so anyone who's listening can just click on the email link and send you a message. Victor, it's wonderful what you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. I think we're going to talk to you. I know we're going to talk to you again in the not too distant future. But for the moment, thank you very much, and all the best with your product development. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me here. Anyway, and. I wasn't prepared for this interview, but I think I did my best. You did very good. Thank you very much. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Many thanks to Victor there for chatting to me. Really enjoyed uh, having a chat with Victor. It's always interesting when people approach you with an idea for a product and you can kind of tease it out a little bit with them and go into the details of what might and what might not work. And often people go away with a very different, you know, experience, I suppose, or a different idea in their heads to what they had when they came in. So that engagement with people at the start of the life cycle of a product is so important, isn't it? Now, that's just about it. Thank you very much for listening this month and thank you to our contributors Salim, Chris, Rachel, Rob, Aaron, Colin and Victor. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and join us in August when amongst other things Eric Damery from Freedom Scientific will be along and Martin Lawler is here to introduce us to the Milestone MP3 player. Uh, that's it for now. Have a great month. Thank you for listening and downloading our podcast from Stuart Lawler. Take care. Goodbye and enjoy the summer. See you. Oh,